Last time on Star Screening in Kingston. We're talking about Star Trek. Not to be confused with Star Wars. The crew of the Enterprise were my only friends. Ah, dress uniforms. The Vulcan neck pinch. Evil Admiral. Andorians. The transporters aren't working. Lost in the Delta Quadrant. Phasers aren't working. Engaging tractor beam. Now the communicators aren't working. Famous Star Trek guest stars. Scotty can't do it? Bones versus Spock. Riker maneuver. Data is the new Spock. The prime directive. People still love Spock. The Enterprise is the only ship in range. The holodeck isn't working. Phasers on stun. The Picard maneuver. The Orions. Q. Mud. The Borg. Guinan's crazy hats. Wesley Crusher. The Cardassians are not the Kardashians. Sulu sets a course. Nurse Chapel versus Bone. Old Star Trek is better. Are you out of your Vulcan mind? Voyager's amazing finale. I have not seen Enterprise. Deep space is really deep. Spock's crazy hat. Data is an android. The voyage home. First contact. Finding humans in weird places. Kirk's green uniform. Abraham Lincoln. A weird green hand in space. Live long and prosper. And now, the conclusion. Before the Klingons show up and, and ruin everything, and the and a very famous bar fight breaks out. Um, <laughs> I was obsessed as a kid with bar fights. I just believe that if you go to a bar, a That's fight's going to break out. <laughs> yeah, because I had Western movies and I had yep. the Star Trek episode. And everyone's fighting all the time. And I again, I love this interaction where Klingon basically Klingons show up to the space station and they're, you know, they're kind of posturing with Kirk and Kirk handles them actually pretty well. Mm -hmm. You see him handling Klingons. And uh, what I love about the, the bar fight is all these Klingons are also now on the station. So you've got like Federation off duty, Federation officers, Klingon officers sitting around in this bar. Everyone's drinking. They've been at war or at least enemies and at arms for a long time. So there is tension. That already exists. But one Klingon decides he's going to poke fun at Captain Kirk, at the Federation. And every time Chekhov gets up, Chekhov's ready to fight him. He wants to get up. He wants to fight him. And Scotty's like, the captain said to give the Klingons lots of space and not to engage. So just sit down, drink your drink. Don't worry about it. And then the Klingon makes fun of the Enterprise, like the ship. And Scotty punches him in the face. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> it's, it's such a great moment because the thing that happens, and this is the other thing that I really liked, is Scotty punches him in the face. The Klingon goes flying. And no one does anything for like five seconds. Yeah. Everyone's just looking. All the Klingons stand up. Every Federation officer stands up. And you can just see the look on a couple people's faces. Like, are we doing this? Like, is, is this is, happening? Is this <laughs> happening? What do we do? Like, what do we do? They're standing up. We have to. Like, we're, it's almost like everyone was forced into it, which is kind of what happens, right? If one of your friends punches someone and you don't know the context, and that person he's punched his friends stood up, you better get up out of that seat. Like, you got to yep. defend your friend, right? Like, that's what you have to do. And this big fight breaks off. Security officers show up. Um it's it's a wonderful scene. The scene after again, just so gold. good. Uh, Kirk, uh, Kirk <laughs> discovering why. Like Kirk asking, like, what did he say? Like, what happened? Why did you start this fight? And Scotty just being like, well, you know, he was making fun of you and calling you this and that. And Kirk's like, oh, so that's when you hit him. But I was like, no, sir, not at all. I <laughs> I wouldn't do that. You told me not to. He's like, okay. And then he's like, oh, and he made fun of the Federation. Like, oh, okay, that's when you hit him. No. Okay, then why'd you hit him? Well, I made fun of the Enterprise. He said it was a garbage scow. <laughs> it's a matter of pride. Kirk, yeah, <laughs> look on Kirk's face of like, oh. The deflation um, of ego there yeah, of him. Because yeah. like the moment where he's like, oh, 
and that's when you hit him because mm. he was making fun of me. It's like, no, sir. Uh. Like, they kind of hurt. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, no, sir. I, I would never do that. Not at all. We have to have thicker skin than that, sir. <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's very good. Anyway, I love this episode. I want you, you picked it too. So you can talk about it a bit. But I just, I love this episode for all those moments no you, you you did it is like justice that scene is the exact reason like pretty much as soon as this is like we decided this category i'm like it's gonna be that like i'm gonna look <laughs> around for other things but it's like there's no scene in star trek that's better than that one <laughs> no no there really isn't there's also one more thing i wanted to bring up with it mm. um just to talk about world building so mm-hmm. the klingon um that uh the klingon captain that negotiates with kirk um so he that actor playing the character Koloff returns in Deep Space Nine. So there are three Klingon captains Mm. in the original series who all return in Deep Space Nine as older Klingons. Kane, Koloff, and Kor. And all three of them are considered Dihar masters, so it's basically the highest honor of a Klingon warrior. Mm -hmm. But in the Deep Space Nine episode, where they go back in time to this episode of Star Trek... One of Dax's previous hosts knew Kor and and even says, oh, this or, or Koloff, sorry, knew Koloff and said, oh, this is Koloff once told me that he he traded insults with Captain Kirk at a space station close to the neutral zone or something. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment I realized they even brought all the actors back. Yeah. Like the same three actors from the original series were all brought back to be these same Klingons. But like hundreds of years later, when they're all just old and they're all at the end of their lives and it was such a cool thing that they actually got the same ones and kept the same characters. I thought that was kind of neat. That is cool. Like that's it's funny because the trouble with Tribbles, I think, has always like it's it's always been a fan a fan favorite. But because yeah. Deep Space Nine brought it back, it's yes. like it kind of like if modern day audiences like well, maybe even not modern day, but the people who got into Star Trek in the Deep Space Nine Voyager era is like even if they don't know much about the original series, they know this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like this one in the Mirrorverse, probably. Yeah, in the Mirrorverse, yeah, are the, yeah. Are, are the two. And yeah, I think I think well-deserved. It's such a well-written episode. And even the mystery is very interesting. You know, what's going on on the station? What's going on with these grains? These Tribbles get, end up getting everywhere. And the yeah. Tribbles getting on the ship causes problems and, and having to sort of, they find like there's a, there's a, there's kind of like a spy within the mix. It's very yeah. interesting. There's a lot of cool things going on. And like probably one of the funniest episodes of Star Trek in its, oh, yeah. in its entirety. Yeah. Just like even like little things, like the fact that Kirk has never heard of like Quattro Triticale, but like everybody else seems to know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just Kirk in this episode is he's already fed up. Yeah, and de- clearly wants to be exploring the galaxy, and this is like very mundane work to yep. him. And then when the Tribbles get everywhere. You just see the anger, like he, the the scene where he sits on the tribble on the bridge, yeah. and then is about to pound the 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 chair button to to call uh, bones to the bridge, but then he just presses it. Like yeah. you see the fist form, and then he just little touch push. Doctor McCoy, can he come to the bridge? Like, just, like clearly, <laughs> he wants to scream yeah. because he's not. He, he just can't believe these tribbles get everywhere. So yeah, I agree. It's it's one of the funniest episodes. I think it's. It's Star Trek, the original series at its best during its like, mid season two. They've hit yeah. their stride. They know what they're doing. This season is is fantastic. So yeah, I'm glad we talked about it. Oh yeah. Also, just sitting in a ti- at a giant pile of tribbles, like lifelong dream. That's kind of what <laughs> yeah, I want to do at some true. point. <laughs> very soft. Very. Comfortable. It looks yeah. so soft and comfy. <laughs> yeah. 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 
So what what was your backup episode then for this? So my backup is a very like off the beaten path episode. Um, it's called That Which Survives. Um, it is an episode. I think it's in actually in season three, um, and it's this episode where they. It's another like away mission. A mission. I think it's like Sulu McCoy, is like Kirk, and um, one other guy is like who's not in a red shirt but is destined for death. Um, of course, show up <laughs> <Yeah>. down <laughs> whenever whenever you beam down, and it's 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 Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and and John. And you're <laughs> you like, know, oh John's in poor trouble. John. Yeah. <laughs> in trouble yeah you ever wonder if like the members of the crew they get the like they get the call list for the away mission they're like oh maybe i can call in sick i, yeah. I, oh, I don't want to be sure. here oh eventually i think someone i mean did wouldn't they did they not make fun of that on lower decks it, it like definitely was joke. it definitely showed up in lower decks um <laughs> among many other things yeah <laughs> but in this episode they come like down to the surface and there is this random woman in a purple suit who just shows up and it's like and then if she touches you you die um at the same time the same entity has managed to like sabotage the enterprise so that it is going is like it is in uh stuck in warp speed and like careening out of control and uh destined to explode if they can't find a way to shut this off at some point um the episode itself uh like the main a plot of like the like the woman in purple and all that sort of stuff is fine it's it's good star trek there's like a mystery involved it ends up being something about like an ancient race that left behind this hologram to effectively protect people who are, have now died many, many hundreds of years ago. Tyler, um, I don't remember this episode. It it is a it is a great episode. Um, yeah, so that which survives is yeah, like okay. um, season three. Season, I think it's in season three. Okay, like, I'll look for it. I'll try yeah. to watch that one. Um, but there is the best part of the episode has nothing to do with the main a plot, but it's Spock is in command of the Enterprise and Scotty's trying to fix the <laughs> it's like this this thing. And so he's in the Jeffrey's tube and he's trying to fix this thing. And they're like, have this ticking t- clock that's going downwards. And there's this part where he's trying to like bypass something. His tool gets stuck and he's freaking out and he's like screaming, like, just push the button, eject the tube. Like, I'm going to die anyway. And Spock calmly is like, please continue with your task. And then finally, Scotty manages to fix it. He's like at the very last second, seconds away. And he's lying in the Jeffrey's tube and Spock says, He's like, well, you did your do- you did your job, and Scotty responds, "You could say thank you." And Spock just goes on this tirade, like, "What is it with humans and their desperate need for?" Pro- like, and Scotty just goes, "Never mind," and lies back and like go and, like just start sleeping in the Jeffries tube. <laughs> like, and it's such a great moment. Another one of my favorite niche things in Star Trek is like Scotty in a Jeffries tube episode, yeah. where poor James Doonan is shoved like sometimes head first into this yeah. tiny little thing and is trying to act with these bunch of plastic looking weird tools that don't actually do anything. And he's just doing such a great job in this of like selling the intensity of selling the like exasperation and yeah. then also selling the fact that, yeah, afterwards he's just tired. He wants to go to bed now. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, that's the thing like Scotty, like we already talked about, but like Scotty and even like, and check off, they got tossed around a lot. They have to do a lot of intense moments. Like it's really, you know, you don't get as much out of like Ohura, who's always on the bridge, right? Like yeah. she's a bridge officer, so she's obviously there. And Sulu's the pilot, so not. Mm-hmm. But it's it's always it's Scotty, it's Chekhov, it's Spock. Like they're thrown into these situations and it's basically torture. Yep. And it's just it has to be. I mean, it's exhausting 
just for their characters. It's exhausting for the actors. Nope. Um, yeah, I don't. I just I don't remember this episode, so I'll, I'll have to find this one. It was in, so I had a bunch of VHS tapes as a kid as well that had Star Trek, the original series on it. And I think I had mentioned before that they were always in pairs. It was Mm -hmm. always like there was two of them. So if I know if one of them was my favorite, I know the other one really well as well. Um, But this one was actually one of the few that there were three episodes on one track. And it was like, it was this one, the one about the time traveler guy that's like, that's uh, trying to mess up a space shuttle flight and another one about um like klingons being on the it's like on the enterprise and it's just for some reason those three were all together and so i've seen them a lot as well <laughs> yeah yeah well we had like we had an interesting system like i remember as when we, i was a little older my my parents had like a like a reference book with hmm. numbers for each vhs test. like this is what's on all these tapes that's cool that have been taped from from the show but i i do know that some things eventually got more old order like the later star treks were more in order whereas mm. earlier was just as they came on tv taking yep. them but next generation and original series were often mixed so you'd get five or six episodes per tape and sometimes you'd be like okay there's two original series and three next gens on it like right. so it would all be kind of mixed up and not necessarily in order so i have that memory too of like i'll remember a couple episodes in a row like a sequence like these episodes were always together Right. Um, and fond memories with that. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Life's so much simpler when you're that age, you know, when you're it in is. elementary school and you're just watching Star Trek. That's, that's why that's whenever life. something's like stressful and not going well, you just throw on Star you Trek throw again. throw on Star just Trek. Like... I, t- that's so true. Anytime yeah. <laughs> I don't feel great or things are stressed out, I toss, even in the background while I'm working, yep. I will throw Star Trek on just to like, okay, now I can finish this thing I'm working. It's like go to like sick whenever I'm sick. I'm watching it whenever I'm like stressed out. I watch it like I have seen start every Star Trek movie. I have rewatched at least twice throughout this pandemic. Yeah, I I just just uh, recently I finished the original six movies in a row in a weekend. Um, I did that. Now I'm going to move on to next gen next like weekend by myself. I have. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm the same way during the pandemic. Star Trek has been basically on rewatch, but I mean, I, I watch all of them. Like I go from, <laughs> I'm like, okay, we'll do original series. Then all of next gen, then all of deep space nine, then all of Voyager, <laughs> then all of enterprise. Like I'll throw any of them on. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's all Star Trek. <laughs> no, that's a good episode. I I'm, I've noted that I want to go and find that. I, you know how it is when you're rewatching something. Sometimes things slip by, and this for oh, yeah. some reason I don't even remember the rewatch of this episode. So yeah, I'll get the exact. Uh, did you find which uh, where it was? No, I didn't. Y- you grab that season three, episode seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. Yeah, I will. I will definitely watch that. I've got uh, got them all. Um, okay, next category. Um, so is it back to me now? Yep. I completely lost track of this. Okay, so I will introduce the next category, um, and then I guess I talk. Yeah, I don't. Know. <laughs> yes. Doesn't matter. We're gonna no, <laughs> maybe I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. It doesn't matter. We're continuing on. Um, we only have two categories left, and I think I think it'll make sense which one I'm going to leave. Actually, either of them could be left to last. Hmm. But I've decided we're going to talk about what is the best of universe building. No. So one that one's a little more self-explanatory, but but read us your description, Tyler. What is best of universe building? Yeah, so this would be the best episode that features the first mention of something big in Star Trek, because okay. in theory, the original series was indeed the beginning of it all, and so many of the things that we now know as 
clearly Star Trek had to have a first episode at some point. And, and I have a I have a lot of those in this one. The episode I picked has a lot of firsts. So what um, was yours? Season two, episode ten, Journey to Babel. Journey to Babel, one of my favorites, one of my all-time favorite episodes, and it is the first time we meet Spock's father, Sarek. Yeah. Um, very, very important um, uh, character mm-hmm. that uh, definitely is big um, in in the original series, but also uh, makes appearances in The Next Generation yeah. and plays a big role there, and in the new J.J. Abrams movies. Yeah, uh, Sarek is is involved in in the first one as well. So I thought that this one it introduced a lot of things because we also got to see Andorians for the mm-hmm. first time, which yep. play a huge role in Enterprise. Um, which, by the way, Tyler, I just have to say, I think you've got to give Enterprise a series watch whenever next time you need downtime and you just want to watch some Star Trek and have like a lot of time. Yeah. You got to watch Enterprise because I I, I I think you you rewatching Enterprise. I think there's a lot you'd love. Okay, I think I'll do that. Maybe as like afterwards we can talk about it. Yeah, I, I think we should, and I think it should be Enterprise because Enterprise they they did a lot trying to be like the original series in Next Gen, and they failed a lot, but they also did a lot of good things. Awesome. Um, Andorians, we got Tellarites mm-hmm. in in Star Trek, and we got to see which all of these are founding Federation members, mm-hmm. which kind of get introduced in this episode, and dress uniforms. Now, I don't know if dress uniforms came up before, but in my rewatch, I don't remember seeing them until now. And the idea of dress uniforms really take off in, in Next Gen <laughs> and other series and get a little ridiculous. But dress uniforms also play a big role in this. So so Journey to Babel is a great episode where the Enterprise is playing host to a lot of delegates. They're heading to a location, which I guess is just called Babel. It's after a after like a some place. Yeah, the, it town. would be probably the tower of babel i think would have right. been the it's like yeah it's like hence the the kind of idea of like many different groups coming yeah, together coming who can't together. understand each other sort of thing yeah and, and the idea of this of this conference they're all going to um is is to talk about admissions into the federation to talk about issues because again as we said this is all different cultures there's tons of different species tons of different races all part of the federation um, and so you get you get all you get these big moments where these people are coming together, and obviously there's going to be clashing, and you see some of that in this episode. Sarek is dealing with Tellarites and Andorians, and basically the Enterprise is playing host to all of these delegates. Um, you meet uh, Spock's parents, as we mentioned for the first time, and I love the sort of introduction of Sarek, where they the the shuttle arrives, they've got the honor guard out. Sarek and his his human wife come on board the ship they they walk around and, and kirk introduces spock and, and mccoy <laughs> not knowing that they're spock's parents and then before they leave vulcan he goes to spock he's like okay well we're gonna leave but we have a couple hours spock do you want to go visit your parents and spock says uh captain these are my parents <laughs> <laughs> and because they're so cold to each other when they walk in kirk had no idea and i love that moment i think it's just so <laughs> It's such an interesting thing. Like clearly, there's some tension between well, Sarah. I love and that Spock doesn't see fit to bring it up in advance. No, like, no. Not, honestly, you almost wonder: Is he thinking to himself, maybe I can get out of this without having I, to mention that these people are my parents? See, I think it's even more basic than that. Like, I think his logic is so overwhelming that he would think, 
well, it's not time for personal things. So why yeah. would I bring this up now? Like, it's not my place to bring up a personal note that my parents or who are meeting. Yep. These like delegates are my parents. Um, but I do, I love Kirk's expression on his face because I think he's thinking what you're thinking. Being like, what, were you never going to bring this up? Exactly. Like, that, is like, <laughs> that is the look of like, why did you, like, I just made a fool of myself. And I'm <laughs> finding this out now, why? Yeah, yeah. And I think, to me, the episode setup is is great, and and this episode's amazing. I mean, there's again, there's another Star Trek style mystery. Um, delegates start to get hurt, and you don't mm-hmm. know why. Sarek gets in danger, and there's a great sort of push and pull between Spock being like, "Well, the captain's been hurt, and if I give up command to help Sarek, the Enterprise is going to be in trouble because we're being chased by this unknown ship." Like, there's a more again that moral decision that needs to be made. Um, I think there's a lot of great stuff, but I picked it because there's so much to me that gets introduced here yep. that we talk about in Star Trek series, even literally like what when did Enterprise came out in like 2005. Yeah. So this is introduced in like the 60s. And in 2005, we go back to Andorians and Tellarites and set up these moments, set up these issues between species and them being resolved and how important Sarek becomes mm. to the, the Federation and to the building of the Federation. And yeah, not just Sarek as a character, but also Mark Leonard as the... Like, because I think this is actually the second time we've seen Mark Leonard in Star Trek, because he also plays a Romulan, plays a Romulan. in the yeah. Balance of Terror, and then yeah. as well as a Klingon at the, in the motion picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, like I think, one of the few actors that's played all three of the major... Yeah, and continued to play Sarek. Like, yeah. He continued to play Sarek in The Next Generation, which mm-hmm. was really great to see. Like they, he came. I think he's in more than one episode i know he's in he's got his own episode where he comes on the enterprise and and picard uh has to has to stabilize his emotions and take take on sort of uh, his his more monstrous you know internal battles and that kind of thing but then i i think he's in the unification episode as well so yeah he's oh he's that's a great episode and yeah. actually this episode like journey to babel was my backup for best of spock is not human um, and I think it's because this one really does a great job of focusing on the mental differences that Romulans have versus the physical ones I kind of focused on in the in that episode. Because Journey to Babel like has the great idea that he's yeah, as you said, he's unwilling to res- like to kind of give up command at the moment in order to help his father because yeah. duty declares it. Sarek completely understands, but his mother just doesn't. Is like and that kind of like conflict between what Sarek would want and what his mother would want is pretty much always present in Spock throughout the entire series. And it's interesting to see it like brought out and made manifest in these two other people. It's a great introduction episode to who Spock is. Like if you really had to summarize Spock mm-hmm. in that battle, you would probably put show someone this episode. Yeah. Um, I also think it's just a great episode of Star Trek. Oh, yeah. It's got everything I want in it. It's got a bit of action. It's got um, a moral decision needs to be made. It's got characters that feel like in danger. You're just meeting Sarek. You don't know, like in a television series, he he could die. Like yep. that could happen. Like it's, you feel that there's, they bring in a character who's important, but they put that character at risk. So you, you know, you're not going to lose the main people, but you might lose some of these guest characters. So I think it's just a great episode all around for those reasons. Um, and it does do a really good job of introducing um, a lot of great concepts. And yeah, I think, uh, I think, I do think it's an episode I would even point to someone who's not a Star Trek fan. If I had to put a list together, I think this one might make it on there. Yeah. Um, it's got a lot of great moments in it. 
Um, and it, it's a really good Spock episode. Like, it really focuses on him. Yeah. And also has a nice McCoy moment at the end where he gets to tell everyone to shut up and then be yes. happy about it. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, this is the episode where he gets the last uh, word in, right? Like, finally. Like, finally, I get the last word. I also like the, the Kirk tricking Spock. Yeah. Uh, into saying, like, uh, that he's fine. And, and I think he says something like, Get out of here, Spock. Yeah, <laughs> like, get out of here. Robert, get out of here. Like I'm fine, and he's not. He wants. He wants to. To. He's got to go back and heal. He gets hurt by by one of the the, the fake Andorian. Yeah. Um, who attacks him? So it's a yeah. It's a fun ep- It's a fun episode, and there's a there's a lot of cool alien species you get introduced to that that come into play not only in this series but they continue to be relevant in Star Trek. Yeah, well, it's like um, I think my episode would is like is also going to be very much focusing on species, but it's like uh, none of none of the ones mentioned so far. Um, so when I was looking, I actually had to look back and try to find out where was the very first episode that Klingons showed up. Ah. Um, because for me as a child, Klingons were my favorite. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but effectively, I remember my dad asking at one point, do you want to watch Star Wars? He's like, I'm like, what's Star Wars? He's like, oh, it's like Star Trek. You know, it's in space. So I'm like, are there Klingons? He said, no. I'm like, it's not Star Trek then. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to watch yeah, it. It doesn't have yeah. Klingons in it. I don't know what to tell you, but if it doesn't have Klingons, it's not Star Trek. <laughs> so, so I don't know what you're pushing, old man, but that's not what I'm about. <laughs> oh, just side note. Sorry yeah. to interrupt you, but just on the thing of Klingons. Did you know that Klingons were actually going to be in the 2009 star trek movie like they actually filmed a scene and had scripted scenes where klingons did actually come into play and it got cut i heard that is like um yeah. i have no idea what they would have been doing where did they encounter nero like yeah so the... after apparently what it was supposed to be where nero was after the the destroying the calvin yeah um he the ship gets damaged right because yeah. father flies the ship and so klingons actually capture them and uh. and for 25 years they're sitting in uh, a prison mm. in a klingon prison and that's where nero kind of figures out certain equations and things that he, he kind of figures out what went wrong and what time frame he's actually looking for hmm. um and then they they escape and get their ship back and go but yeah they they victor garber played a klingon interrogator oh. and they actually filmed the scene so well, that probably would have been interesting to see. Probably not necessary, though, looking at no. how the movie was put together. No. It's like, um, and they did a good job with the Klingons as they showed up in Into Darkness. One of the yeah, one yeah. of the few uh, it's like softballs. I'll throw it into darkness way. <laughs> yes, like, they did. Good yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, the Klingons were. Yeah, that was very well done in the way they were used there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, back to your point. Sorry, I just thought you would find that interesting. I do find that interesting. <laughs> it's like, and so when I was looking through for the first instances, I believe I'm pretty sure that the first time the Klingons show up is in season one, episode twenty six, "Errand of Mercy." Um, yeah, yeah, so, I think so. So this episode was what it was on. It was once again on VHS, and similar as you said, it was the first episode of two, where the second one was my absolute favorite episode, which might be showing up in the next category. Um, but so I've seen this one many times. Uh, had no idea that it was the first time Klingons were introduced. The whole idea behind it is that the Klingons and the Federation have now finally declared war. They're going to war, and there's a planet that's right at the kind of neutral zone between the two, and, like, and it contains these very peaceful settler people. Yeah. It's like, um, and so Kirk comes down to try to convince them that they need to like rally together with the Federation because the Klingons are coming. And they're kind of like, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And he's like, no, they're going to kill you, though. He said, 
no one's gonna die here. Is like, it's like, Kirk, it's fine. It's like, you can just leave. Leave. You're the ones in danger. And then the Klingons show up. It's like the Enterprise has to leave, leaving Spock and uh, Spock and uh, Kirk on the planet once mm-hmm. again. With it's like uh, this time, it's like Kirk doesn't try to. It's like Spock doesn't try to cover the fact that he's a Vulcan with a with a toque. He just comes out and says, "Yep, I'm a Vulcan trader." Apparently, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then we yeah. have that, that's something they never really go back to. I'm like, oh, are, are there Vulcan traders? And like honestly, when I just think of Vulcans, I assume they're just all sitting in a library somewhere. I didn't really think that they also had like other vocations, but no, I suppose and, they must. And that's the thing, like the the every time we meet Vulcans, I mean exactly what you said. Like even Sarek brings up like, you know, Spock Spock could have been at the Vulcan science ministry. That's where they all are. They're yeah. they're scientists at but at this ministry. So they're yeah. essentially in the library doing like I don't know experiments or like whatever yeah, they're then, doing. It's like it's that's amazing what we to think knew. that yeah. there's this whole group of just Vulcan like rogue traders out there that have like their small ships. Like, can you imagine haggling with a Vulcan over something? Like, that's not going to work. No, <laughs> you're, it's going to be terrible. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's that is very interesting to think of, and and it, they never come back to it. No, no. <laughs> but then as the episode progresses, we it's like we get the Klingons and it's like and Kirk and Spock like it's like uh, having at odds with each other, um, and then the entirety of the time Kirk is trying to push these pacifistic people to fight, and they refuse, even as the Klingons supposedly slaughter hundreds of their people or whatnot. And it's later revealed that these pacifistic people aren't actually beings of matter. They are actually like higher order energy beings that are taking these forms. Mm-hmm. And they effectively just are like, okay, we need to get involved. We're stopping this war. None of you are going to allow, I'm not going to allow any of you guys to fight. And the beauty of the part of this episode, I find, is that at the beginning, Kirk says when the war is, when the war is declared, it's like, well, there it is. No one wants it, but we have war now. And he spends the entire of the episode railing against these people trying to get them to fight and at the end when he's realizing that they're not going to let them fight he's like angry and then they basically say like do you want to kill so badly that you're going to push and he, he has that moment where he like kind of takes a step back and says, well no one wants war but you know like and he's you can just feel the moral superiority he's yeah. had the whole episode just trickle away and leave yeah. him just standing there kind of like yeah, what am I doing? I am arguing yeah. so deeply that we should be fighting and killing these people. As I, and I think it's just considering the Klingons, as we've said before, are a stand-in for the, like for um, the Soviet Union at the time. I think it's mm-hmm. a very potent message for its moment. But really just for anybody who kind of feels that need, like you need to protect. And we understand that, like the patriotic need to protect your country or something like that. But then at a certain point, you have to kind of realize what it is you're fighting for, what it is you're actually arguing you yeah. want to be doing. Yeah, that kind of difference, and Star Trek brings it up multiple times, that difference between defending oneself, but then be, trying to be proactive, and what's the difference between proactively and invading? Yeah. What's pro, What's the difference between proactive defense and invasion? Yeah. And I think that, like, this is another episode that I would actually say has great acting moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and for for William Shatner, for, for Leonard Nimoy, like, it's, it's another one that, you know, you brought up William Shatner's acting in, in one of the other episodes. Like, I think this is another one where I would say he's got some great moments in here and there's yeah. some great self-reflection and in just in looks and pauses, he's able to, to show some things. And I think he does show he's got that acting chops. He, I think his instincts are to go over the top because that's what you have to do as a stage actor. Yeah. Um, but I, I really think that this episode shows some, some really great moments. Yeah. Very self-reflective. 
And it basically begins this like this major rivalry between these two sides that is still having ramifications like way out even after they're no longer enemies in TNG. Klingons and the Federation are now it's like at, at like an uneasy truce, somewhat allies. It's like eventually in Deep Space Nine they fight alongside each other, but it's yeah. this kind of like it's the beginning of this really long relationship between these two it's like races. Um, and also, I gotta say, the, I just love how well Spock knows Kirk because there's a moment in this when they're walking through the village together. At this point, everyone thinks that they're just part of this like this uh, group, and like the Klingons have shown up. And there's a part where Klingon runs into Kirk, and Kirk turns around like he's just gonna deck him, like he's gonna yeah. punch him. In the, and and Spock jumps in the way and says, "Sorry, sir, that we didn't we didn't see you there." And you can just tell that moment that Spock knew exactly what was yeah. going to happen. Yeah. and just had to step in for his captain because there's no way that Kirk could like hold himself back. <laughs> and I think I think the the character build that gets paid off in the movies of Kirk versus Klingons mm-hmm. is so well done. So and well in done. the show, I think they do a great job of building up. Like the tension always exists. And I mean, you can't blame them. Certainly like they do a good job in the movies of like really showing you why he would hate them, but it's not just the the one it's not one thing. Yep. It's this buildup over time. And every time the Klingons show up, something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Something happens. They uh, they attack them out of out of nowhere. Like, it's always antagonistic. So, of, of course, Kirk's going to react with, I'm going to turn around and, and punch this Klingon. Like, of yep. course, he's going to react that way because that's the instinct. That's what he's he's basically been having to, to deal with. And they're in war with this group of people. So, yeah, I, I, I think the universe building in this episode is fantastic. Klingons... Mm-hmm become such a big part of every series and i think that's something that the next gen did and it was kind of a bold for any star trek fan to be like yeah klingons are our friends now yep and you'd be like what <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be like finding out the borg is now suddenly part of the federation later like yeah. it would freak you be like what do you do what are you talking about like it's you know it's it's an interesting leap that they took um, but, and it like it, but it makes you lean in and go like, how did that happen? And it's yeah, why, it's why it does, like yeah. the undiscovered country is one of my favorite. It is my favorite Star Trek movie because it's it finally movie. it finally answers that question of yeah. like, how did this finally like this in, this tension finally get released in any meaningful way to produce a lasting piece? Still to this day, I I think one of the best scenes in all of Star Trek is Spock and Kirk right at the beginning mm-hmm. and Kirk's objection to this let them this, die you let them die that yep. moment of like the gym they're dying let them die mm-hmm. is just one of the best thing because you get you, where everything you've seen through the series and the movies you get where he's coming from yeah like you can see where kirk's coming from but his nature is as a starfleet officer to go along with orders and to want peace but he he's had so much personal experience with the klingons that he does not trust them Yep. He's never met a Klingon he trusts. And that, again, it's... <laughs> this is the thing about Star Trek. It's basically throwing racism right in your face. Yep. And saying, this is how it begins. And as someone watching it, you're going, I kind of get where Kirk's coming from. Even mm-hmm. though you know what's wrong. Yep. You know that you can't judge an entire race by the actions of certain individuals. And Kirk's met individuals yeah. who have caused him harm. And generally, and, he's always met military individuals. Exactly. Who, like, that's the yeah. only people he's ever met. And seeing Kirk's journey through that movie and seeing Spock's like just determination of like, we have to help these people. You can see what happens. And then Spock being right in the end, like seeing in the rest of Star Trek, the Klingons becoming such a big ally 
to the Federation is huge. It, it's like for the, I mean, going into the, like you, you said about Deep Space Nine, into the war with Dominion, without the Klingons, the Federation wouldn't have survived. Yep. So it's, it's such an interesting thing. And Star Trek does this so well. It's why I love Star Trek. And I feel like we, I say the same things every time you're on here about Star Trek. <laughs> it could teach us so much about how to treat people mm-hmm. because it's not afraid to be like, yep, yeah, this is a racist concept and we're going to make you watch it and then you can have your feelings about it. Because you're, you're going to sit here and go like, it's not right for Kirk to feel this way. I kind of get where he's coming from, but like you shouldn't treat people this way, but we do it all the time. Yep. So it's it's such an interesting thing to to that Star Trek does. And I think this episode it's a great one. That's a great pick. It really built a lot of this universe that pays off for years and years to come. I, I don't think Discovery, I don't know what Discovery tried to do with Klingons. It was terrible. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? Star Trek ended at when Enterprise, uh, when Enterprise was off air and Nemesis happened. Those are the last Star Treks. And then we got, we got the three J.J. Abrams movies, which were pretty good. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's Star Trek. So we have one category left, and this, uh, this was saved last for a reason, and Tyler, you're going to introduce it, because I think this was a fun way to end, and I think this these are some of the things we're going to talk about here, are the things that people think of when they think original series. Yeah. So go ahead, give us that last category. So this last category is the best of niche episodes, and so what we mean by this is the best episode that scratches a particularly specific itch when it comes to things that you like about Star Trek, the original series, and there are so many different kind of formulas that we love about the TOS, different like kind of points of note that we can really be say like, oh yeah, like, you know, we love, we've already mentioned like red shirt deaths Mm -hmm. and we've mentioned transporters going out or Scotty in a Jeffrey's tube. These are all great things that show up in like, and every time they show up in an episode, you're like, oh yeah, this is what I'm, this is what I'm here for. I'm ready for this random Star Trek specific trope. And I guess we should introduce what our niche is too mm-hmm. when we give the episode. I we should definitely do that. Yeah, it, like you're like you're saying, Tyler. Like it's it's anything where you're just like, ah, oh, Star Trek. When I think <laughs> Star Trek: The Original Series, I think this thing. Yes. Um, whose turn is it? Let's go with you because I think okay. I finished with Aaron to Mercy last time. Right, and then I went on a rant. Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so best niche episodes, and one of the niches was one of the ones that I I brought up to you, Tyler, when we were choosing categories. Mm-hmm. Is is the crew of the Enterprise arriving at a planet that is like something in the past of yeah. without going back in time, like, it's like proto a Earth, a proto Earth. Yeah. You know, they either they find Apollo or they, you know, they go to a planet that that is the gladiator trials and something like it's an episode where they clearly had sets and costumes from something else. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how can we use this yep. uh, effectively? So for mine, I would be remiss in talking about the original series if I didn't talk about this particular episode, because I know it was my best. It was my favorite when I was a kid. I'm sure I made my parents watch this one a million times. <laughs> Season two, episode 17, a piece of the action yeah uh, is is the episode for me with my niche and my niche is that sh- they show up to a planet that is a species that basically copies it they're copycats yeah whatever you leave there they're gonna copy it and think it's amazing and become it and someone left ga- ganks gangs of of chicago of like 1940s <laughs> chicago or something and they someone some captain left that book i don't know why that i don't know if that book exists but it's the gangs of like Chicago 
and they beam down and it's basically mob bosses and gangs of this planet and it's like chicago in the 40s like it's basically just they they everyone's wearing a or maybe it's the 20s but everyone's everyone's wearing fedoras everyone's got those like those guns with like the massive they, they call guns heaters yep uh you know they they speak in that kind of old time slang and it's it's some of the it's another episode of star trek that i think is just pure comedy oh yeah and planned that way you've got spock and kirk beam down to the planet they basically get kidnapped <laughs> by mobsters passed off from mob boss to mob boss and they have to dress like these gangsters kind of talk like them and try to get them out of this situation. Well, the, well, Scotty um, is left in charge of the ship, not knowing what to do up there. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's a great episode. I, I love it. I loved watching it during the rewatch. It, it brings me such joy to watch it. Um, I love the introduction. Another um, interesting world building moment is when Kirk comes up with a fake card game. Mm. to try to distract the guards well i think he calls it um uh, fizzbin yep and uh later in deep space nine quark tries to teach odo fizzbin he says <laughs> i'll teach you a game it's called fizzbin it's really easy like <laughs> he, he basically says the same line so somehow this game fit, got its way to ferengis <laughs> somehow who now know what fizzbin is it's made up card game i feel so like frankies kind of could do could have done really well in prohibition era gangsters oh, for sure <laughs> yeah. like they they would have loved that any time that they can sell people anything and yeah. like that that's the thing about this episode the whole idea is that these different mob bosses each want control over this like area mm-hmm. and they they kidnap kirk and spock because they want the ship to send them their weapons basically you're, yeah. you're gonna arm us and then because the, the federation said they'd return this species i guess is technically warp warp capable but they don't leave their system it's one of those like gray area yeah where they're as clearly advanced enough species to know they're not alone in the universe but for some reason the prime directive doesn't apply and you can just influence the society <laughs> um it's it's a great episode it it spock is is at his most spock is not knowing what to do he has to pretend to be a gangster um kirk falls right into the character um, it's ridiculous that Kirk has to drive a car and he realizes no how. Um, <laughs> it's 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 a fantastic uh, it's a fantastic uh, episode. So um, yeah, piece of the action. My niche episodes. I loved. I used to love episodes where they just go down to a planet and it somehow looks like Earth. <laughs> just happens to be Earth at a different time, and they have some stupid explanation for why, but you buy it every time and you love it. Um, the episode has a lovely hook too. The mm-hmm. end of the episode, yeah. um, where McCoy realizes that he left his communicator and his tricorder down there, and uh, that they believe now that uh, the they're going to take that technology and figure out how it works. And Kirk's got the end line of, "Well, then they're going to come up here and they're going to want a piece of our action <laughs> and kind of freeze frame." Um, the the whole episode is just great. They 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 end up cutting a deal to get out of there where he just like fakes that the Federation is going to come collect money from them because he's just trying to get them. He's trying to communicate with a way they would understand. Yep. Um. And so it just ends up. I, I just I can't say enough about this episode. It's such a good fun episode. Um. And I just think for a niche of Star Trek, th- that's what I think when I think the original series. It's a piece of the action. 
Yeah. It's the one where they do a gladiator fight. It's the Apollo episode, right? Like those are the ones, I, the green hand in space. That's what I think of um, in going to these planets that somehow are Earth of the past. Yeah, the, it's it's so funny. Like as far as the explanations for why this one's a proto or as a proto Earth goes, this one's pretty decent. Like the yeah, idea that yeah, it's one of the better ones. Yeah, it's, a, it's like it's not like bread and circuses where it's just like oh yeah, like you know it's the Romans, but if they were like you know in the modern era with doing, I'm like. Yeah. Okay. How? Yeah. Or the one, the like the Omega Glory, when it's like, oh yeah, the Yangs are the Yankees and the Cones. Yes. And I'm like, yeah. and they have the entirety of the, it's like of the um, American Declaration of Independence. And I'm like, okay, first of all, how does Kirk know the American Declaration of Independence off yes. by heart? Yeah. It, he, he, teach, he teaches it to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, so like, and second yeah. of all, what are the odds? Because yeah, there's always the odds. You know, oh yeah, they they made America. What are the odds that the exact same words were written down that exact same? piece of paper but yeah no so this one at least it makes good sense it makes yeah. good sense why it, they, they they try they were like this species they are copycats they mm -hmm. will emulate anything they can and again yeah that that makes more sense that one's a stretch you don't have to take as long as a leap for yeah um but yeah i think i think it's one of, that's why i kind of picked it it's it's i think it's the best of the bunch Mm -hmm. of of those episodes a piece of the action is one where you can point to be like you can watch this it's fun it's silly but it's it's campy in a good way yeah yeah i 100 percent agree and you don't have to deal with looking at a bunch of like your favorite characters dressed up like nazis no yeah and again like that's another one where it's like what are you doing in this episode what is happening it's too soon it's, at this. that point it was definitely too oh, soon yeah it feels it too soon now yeah now you could get away with it but it's a little it's still like hmm, okay i don't know what you're doing but maybe you're trying to say something back in the 60s like what are you doing what is what? this episode about yeah that's a weird one <laughs> uh yeah so for my niche episode I actually looked at it as a from a perspective of like what are usually my favorite episodes, and my favorite episodes are what I call object in space episodes. Oh, yes. They're they're yeah. ones that have no away missions. There's no planet. There's no it's like goofy set with like a purple sky. It's, it all takes place of just the Enterprise encounters some random nonsense in the middle of outer space, and then they have to deal with it. So the immunity syndrome was a great example yeah. of one such episode. And it's like it is probably up there for some of my favorite of the objects in space. The Corbomite maneuver is like a classic Star Trek episode um, about them it's like finding this like random kind of like sphere or like a cube in the middle of like of space. Mm -hmm. It's like also a great episode. One of the first ones they shot, and you can really tell when you look at it that it's just like the cinematography is very different than what yeah. ended up being throughout the rest. But the best episode. Is like for me of all Star Trek, but also the best object in space episode has to be Doomsday Machine. Um, it's a good one. It's it's a effectively the Enterprise encounters a destroyed solar system with a wrecked star as a starship called the Constellation in the middle of it, and it's revealed that this big, effectively like tunnel looking thing with a huge fire in the center of it is just going around destroying solar systems, and then. Just kind of out of nowhere, Kirk comes up with the theory that this thing is probably a doomsday machine, a weapon that was made a long time ago by another race that has just been like set loose and like and is now kind of like destroying its way through the galaxy. No it's a real proof. Quick. Of, yeah, a little quick that he jumps to that. No real <laughs> proof of this. It's like, yeah. But you know, it's like it was the 1960s. It was on a lot of people's mind the idea of the doomsday weapon. It's like so I'll, I'll forgive it. Um, 
this is an episode where effectively there is an actor on screen that is out hamming William Shatner. The uh, Commodore Decker, who is is actually, I believe, is like a Will Decker's like like relative, the guy who's in um, the like the motion picture. Really? Yeah, it's oh. like it's supposed to be that Commodore Decker. I never supposed made. To be... I made never made that connection. So as like, I had same read, <laughs> yeah, I had read it that he's supposed to be kind of like uh, like an uncle or something like that. It's like on the his other side, but and so he effectively um, takes over the Enterprise while Kirk is stranded back on the constellation, and then tries to get it to fight. And this just episode has everything that I've talked about so far that I love. Not only does it have the weird object in space, which I think is a great design that looked amazing in the original and they did a, they did well with the digital re, uh, yeah. remastering as well. Yeah. Um, it also has a series as like a session where Scotty's in a Jeffrey tube to like yes. trying to, <laughs> to trying to fake the transport uh, transporter. It also has a interaction between McCoy and Spock, which is great where Spock is basically like, yeah, you know, you could get rid of Commodore Decker if you certify him insane. It's like, I'll certify that right now. It's like, yes, yeah. But you know, you'd have to give your medical records. Yeah. And then there's the deflation of, well, you know, I don't have any of those. <laughs> <laughs> I love That's a great Spock. It is. Moment. And then there's the great, there's also a Spock is a Vulcan moment where he, like, the line, Vulcans never bluff, which is a great, is like a great line that he says to Commodore Decker at the one point. And then there's also just Kirk has some great lines in this. There's the one moment where he's talking to Scotty about fixing up the constellation. He's like, oh, yeah, we need to he's like, you need to bypass him through the circuit. And Scotty's like, well, that's going to make it really hard for you to handle it as one person. And he's like, you worry about your miracle, Scotty. I'll worry about mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, the interaction between the the cast is just so good in yeah. this one. Like, it's a good like you get you get Scotty McCoy, Kirk, and Spock. Like, you get all four of them getting real good moments, and you get the you know the evil admiral yep. trope coming on. Board. Yeah, like every time yep. an admiral or a commodore comes on board, something bad's about to happen. Um, I actually thought you were going to talk about Nomad uh, <laughs> when you were describing this. Like, are you talking about Nomad? But yeah, Doomsday Machine is such a good episode. It's such a good episode. I, I loved it so much as a kid. It's like, um, yeah, me too. And he's like, it's one of those ones that I, I watched it and I was kind of like, oh, is this going to hold up? And I just, I feel like it does. I feel thematically, it's I a little agree. clunky. It it definitely like jumps to the, it's like jumps to the the H bomb pretty fast for like, yeah. it's like, um, but at the same time, is like there is something kind of terrifying about this idea that there could be more of these things out there, these indestructible machines that from a war long ago have just been set loose and are kind of mindlessly working their way through a, like a path that is yeah. like causing more damage as it goes. And to get to the core of the episode, I think you have to make that leap fast because yep. you can't have the whole episode them trying to figure out what it is because then you wouldn't get all the great discussions and moments about how to pull this off yep. and how to you know how to deal with this and how to deal with this Commodore. Like I think. I think the leaps are fine because you understand it's for the sake of what is a better version of the episode. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I I agree. I, I think it's such a it's such a good one. Objects in space. They found some weird ones though. I mean, they found Abraham Lincoln. They found a lot of different things. But this this one, yeah. If I were to pick top ten five episodes of the original series, this one would be on my list. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. I love the Spock McCoy moments. I love Kirk versus a versus an admiral or a commodore and kind of dealing with like his ship versus who's you know who's in command of the mission who's in command of the ship yeah. i love those moments so you know, oh, yeah. it's a very that was a very good pick and um go ahead i also have a uh there's a line in this that it's like 
I quote it all the time and no one knows that I'm quoting it because it's just a very simple line. It's just, don't you think I know that is the line. But it's <laughs> it's given by Commodore Decker where he's basically saying like he's in shock after they find him and his crew's gone and Kirk's asking, what happened to your crew? He's like, well, they're on the third planet. And Kirk responds, there is no third planet. And Decker just looks at him and he's like, don't you think I know that? There was. <laughs> and just that line is like, so there's so many times in my life where someone will be like, I'll be sitting there. It's like, it's like, I remember I was looking, there was this failed experiment that we were doing in the science. I'm looking at it and someone said, well, that didn't work. And I just have this moment like, don't you think I know that? <laughs> I uh, I unf- I quoted this at a wrong time. Oh, wrong time story. This, but I won't get into the whole thing. But it was back in my theater days in a production meeting, and it did not go well <laughs> with the group. A very sensitive group, as oh. most artists are in yeah. theater communities. And and there was someone said something that was obvious, and I thought it would be a good time to bring up this quote, and uh, didn't go over well. It was oh. not uh, not well received by anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, there's quite a few times that with people, I would be quoting Star Trek, and they wouldn't know what it's from, but they would know a quote because it's said in a very specific way. Yes, there was a, <laughs> a there's a quote from Star Trek Five when they're going to try and ram the shuttlecraft manually into the shuttle bay doors at the back, <laughs> say, and someone says to Sulu, "You've done this before, right?" He says, "Actually, it's my first attempt." Just like, <laughs> and yeah. so there was a time where it was like I was like a TA for something, and I'm like working through something, and someone's like, "You've done this before, right?" I just find actually it's my first attempt and they're like what's that from i know it's yeah, from something yeah. but i don't know what it is it's too, we, we we don't talk that way it's exactly like basically what they're thinking yeah, yeah that's same not how human beings yeah. speak yeah. <laughs> same thing happens with me if i try to quote star trek or something people know even if it's just a simple a simple line yep. that kind of sounds like everyday speech it's just said and done in a way written in a way that's not quite the way you would say <laughs> just that. slightly off yes. hey i tell you you know Star Trek Five, not good, but no. it, it's got a couple good one-liners. I mean, why does God need a spaceship? Is what? a great line. What does God need with a spaceship? Starship, <laughs> Starship. Oh. yeah, and it's just <laughs> that's great. I say I also like was it McCoy's? I liked him better before he died. Which yeah, is... I liked him better before he died. That's a very that's a very good one. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh... Yeah, that that movie has a lot of issues. Um, yeah, but yeah, we're we're pretty much at the end of end of this, Tyler. And I think this was great. Like, I think we've talked about ten fantastic episodes. Yeah, um, there are many, many more out there. But I thought this was a good way to do this. We're we're talking, and our fans really helped. Like, they they really contributed. That how we even got here was after one of our Star Trek episodes. We had questions, and mm-hmm. we answered them and talked about. Oh yeah, we might do an original series. And I just kept forwarding you, Tyler. Oh. Here's an email from Derek. Oh, here's an email from Colt. Oh, here's an email from someone else. Just to show you that people listen. And yes. there are Star Trek <laughs> fans out there. It's not just us. You know, there are people who like the original Star Trek. And I think that this was, if we were going to talk about the original series, we've already done our favorite episodes. We've done Guilty Pleasures. We needed a new hook. And yep. this was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I feel this was a very good one. Is And the great thing about this is that there are, like, there's so many episodes that we didn't get a chance to talk about. It's like, um, but... Like, it's like the original series is something like it's like a, a beautiful gem it's best to be discovered so for those who haven't seen it before it it it's sad to me that i feel like a lot of people won't be able to get into it simply because if you're not indoctrinated young it's hard to get yeah. over the camp to get over the like stilted yeah. acting 
But I do think some of the episodes like you and I have suggested today, like if you're a new person out there who doesn't know Star Trek and you want to experience it, I think you should try some of these episodes. Yeah. These are great ways to get like an introduction to it. Yeah. Start with the trouble with tribbles. Like I feel like anybody who has a soul can enjoy that one. And then that's a great one. Yeah. Unless you're a Klingon. Unless you're a Klingon, then you won't like it. (laughs) Yeah, you won't like it. But trouble with tribbles is a great way to start. And I agree with you. There's a lot we didn't get to. But you know what? I, I... I'm confident to to speak on your behalf and say we're going to do this again. Oh yeah, um, we we'll we will back. do. We'll be back. We'll do a mirror. I like that. Let's do a mirror universe episode where we'll talk about the other five categories that we didn't get do, we didn't choose yeah. for this one. We'll do that, and I think we need to talk Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah. I think I think getting you on that series would be good, and I'd I'd really love to see Taylor you have to talk about the pilot of something like, like watch this first episode and enterprise is a good one because it's it's kind of the beginning even though it it was well, the last series it goes all the way back to before there is no federation it's just starfleet yeah it's earth's earth's exploration arm is called starfleet and they're venturing out into the universe um it's a you know it's an interesting series for that and it's close i'd say it's very close to what next gen and the original series we're trying to do. Um, and it at times, it's very good. So I, I can say with confidence, I think we'll do at least those types of things eventually. Yeah. We'll get- it's, like, I, uh, it's like, it's hard to it's hard to turn down the idea of like, you know, this is back when Star Trek was good and perhaps the last time that it was. And you're like, oh, <laughs> OK, let's try it out. <laughs> let's try, let's, yeah, yeah, try it out. Give it a shot. I, I think uh, I think it's a good one. But thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoyed this two parter. Um, Taylor and I will be back next week because movie theaters are officially open. They opened a week early. We're, we're off to see something. Um, and Taylor and I will be back with more screening in Kingston. Um, but thank you everyone for, for listening. Uh, and for you Star Trek fans out there, we will, we will be back. Don't worry. And Tyler, end off the episode for us. The human journey continues. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.